Once again, by my brother from a mother, mother, Mr. Pip. How are you, sir? Well, we're back. I'm so I'm great. I'm I'm so excited to be here today. It, it's been uh, Jesus. How long has it been since we've done a podcast? You know what? Too too long, and that is entirely my fault. I apologize. Uh, I agree. The, the, I agree one hundred percent. The last time the last time we recorded was um, episode number fifty four where we talked about our favorite cop movies. And I posted that to the blog on September 10th. So it was probably like the 8th, 7th, you know, wow. that, we, that we did that. So yeah, it's been almost a month, which is entirely too long. So oh, man, um, all three people who listen to this, two of them being us are going to be really pissed about this. Right. And Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> So this is this is something that I haven't even told you. So I actually did record a a podcast on the way to work the other day. Okay. And I haven't edited it, and I actually I didn't post it because on my way to work, while I was recording it, I got in a car accident. <laughs> what? Yeah. So I was, and it, and it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything severe. So I had dropped off my son at school. And I, so I'm just, I, I take him, uh, I take one son to one school, another son to the other school, and then I drive down to my office. And so I go, I, I go kind of back, back roads and the guy in front of me, like put on his, like slammed on his brakes and put on his left blinker. And so I, I wasn't like right behind him. I wasn't tailgating him or anything. I put on my right blinker and I went to, you know, get, move over the lanes and there was this car right in my blind spot. And I just like sideswiped. Oh, no. uh, you know, of course, it's like this big, beautiful Mercedes. His car was in, um, it was fine. I mean, I, I, I scraped it. My car was actually pretty messed up. Like my whole front kind of quarter panel is kind of all mutched in. And like when I open the door, it makes this terrible, like metal on metal grinding, just terrible sound. But Oh, exactly what you mean. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's terrible. So yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was, that podcast has been recorded, but it, uh, I don't know that I I will ever, I actually listened back to it. You can't really even hear it because again, I'm probably going 23 miles an hour. I mean, it wasn't, you know. <laughs> I can just um, imagine you being in the middle of a thought, like, oh shit. And then. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, 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 the podcast actually was, so I watched WWE Extreme Rules the other night, hmm. and so I was doing it. I was doing a recap of Extreme Rules. That's so maybe one of these days I will I'll edit that and I'll get it out. But uh, but yeah, so you know, barring barring that little bit of excitement, how um how's everything with you guys? Good. Yeah, everything's good. Uh, yeah, everything just kind of wrapping up the summer. The girls are in school full swing right now, and so you know, just still trying to uh, navigate all the crazy COVID protocols and things like that. My oldest has to, uh, or I should say my youngest, has to stay home from school tomorrow because she's in daycare. 
someone in her class got COVID. And as a result, her sister has to stay home too, because the rule at the daycare is that if there is a sibling, that the sibling has to stay home. Now, my oldest is not in daycare, but she does before and after school care. So she's not even allowed to go to the daycare for the before and after school care because of uh, this, this sibling rule, which is something that I guess has been in place for a while, but I didn't know and we haven't had to deal with yet. So it's pretty bizarre. Wow, that's crazy. So this is this is your older daughter has right. to stay home. Has because... to, no, she doesn't, oh, no, the, the younger daughter has to stay home. The older daughter can't go to uh, I before gotcha. and after school care okay. because she's a sibling, even though the younger one doesn't have COVID, doesn't have symptoms, uh, she just has uh, exposure to somebody right. in the class. So it's exposure to exposure, which isn't really a wow. thing. That's cra- I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I, mean, so, I, mean, I, the, yeah. I get it. Like, I'm, I'm not one of those people who's going to throw a massive fit about it. It seems a little bit extreme to me, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I think it's fine to be safe, but I, I'm yeah. not sure that even in the midst of the pandemic at its worst that that kind of thing would be a necessary measure, but you know, it's, it's fine. It's not yeah. You know, it, it's funny. I, I don't want to turn this into COVID talk, but I, I was having a conversation with some buddies today. Um, and, and I asked a question and I didn't ask it to be a smart ass. I asked it cause I was honestly curious. So I saw an article today. There's like several countries that have like just open shit up. Like they're just, there's no more restrictions. They're just like Sweden and Norway. And I understand that, you know, the United States is way bigger and it's this, any other thing. But I was just asking the question, like, what, how, why are we different? Like, do we have, is there just more COVID here? Is it, or is it because there's a bunch of assholes that just like are playing the freedom card? I don't know. It's, it was, it's just interesting. It just seems like we are doing this worse than like anybody else, which is, I don't know. It's just weird. It's, it's hard to tell, but yeah. I mean, I don't mind playing a little bit more conservative when it comes to that, just to, yeah. just to do my part best I can. I would agree. But, I would agree. So but as we get started here, I know this is where you're going. Tell me a little bit about this, this podcast topic, because this is one that I put on your shoulders, which I love to do because it makes you squirm because for some <laughs> reason you just struggle so much with coming up with a podcast topic. So it's fun for me to do this for the record. Right. Yeah. So, so I made you pick this time. Tell our, our audience uh, what you chose and why. Yeah, so, so th- this one, uh, we are doing what I refer to as definitive roles. And so, so years ago, actually, on, on the 406 blog, back in August of 2009, I wrote a blog post called Definitive Roles. And, and basically what this is, and, and I will tell you kind of how I came to this just recently as well. This is when you think of an actor or an actress, this, this is the role that you immediately think of. So like, if I, to use a TV example, I would say Jennifer Aniston, and you would most likely say Rachel Green from Friends, right? It's, it's not necessarily the best role. It's not necessarily the best performance. It is just in, in your opinion, the definitive role of that particular actor or actress's career. And, and where this where the, the reason I thought of this actually was a conversation that you and I were having. And I don't remember exactly where it was. We were talking about RoboCop and I started thinking about the, the actor, Peter Weller, I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's, that dude is Robo RoboCop, right? Like that's the, it's like, when you say that guy's name, that's what I think of. And so that, that's, that was kind of the, the, the genesis for this. 
even before I remembered that I had written this blog post way back when. So, so I, I don't know that, that this is, is a traditional kind of top five per se, at least for me, but, but I do, I have five, I've got plenty of them, but I thought that this would be kind of interesting and it would be interesting too, to see how many overlaps we had. You know, sure. I know, I know we'd kind of love to play this overlap game. And, and, there, and then there are some, you know, there are some actors that are kind of, for lack of a better analogy, a one hit wonder, right? They, they are so known for that one role because every other role that they've played has been garbage, right? <laughs> there might be a couple on this list that we might differ on too. So, so I don't know, we'll see. This, this could either be really interesting or it could crash and burn, but we'll, um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's an interesting topic. It, it was definitely a little bit more of a challenge to kind of think through this because it is a little bit of a broad category. I think the way that I sort of approached it was I maybe reversed engineered it a little bit. And I thought, okay, so I took an actor and I thought of their role. And then I, but I had to make sure that I thought about it from the perspective of could anybody else play this role? Would I ever in my mind let that happen and still be able to enjoy this movie with that person in the role? Like, could it possibly be there? So like Robocop is an interesting example that I would probably disagree with because yes, Peter, Peter Weller was definitely most known for doing RoboCop, but I also think you could put almost anybody in that suit and still have a good movie and an effective character. So, okay. so I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm thinking about it incorrectly or, or differently from the way that you had sort of envisioned it, but that's sort of like the, I sort of looked at it from both sides of the coin, I guess. Okay. And, uh, that, that, that's, that's actually really interesting. I can tell you, like, I have never thought about it that way. But I think that'll make this even maybe even more interesting because, yeah, I don't know. That's 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 a really really interesting take, and I don't know if that's my bad for not explaining it better, or maybe it's even it better that I that I didn't articulate yeah. it as well. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll uh we'll, we'll kind of get into it and 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 see how things go. All right. Well, All this right. is your topic, sir. Why don't you kick us off? Okay. So I guess we'll start with actually the one that so after after i came up with this topic i said okay i did revisit my my blog post and i will i'll link it in the show notes but i said i, I needed to you know where am i where am i going to start and i was flipping through the channels and i ran across the movie called the patriot starring mel gibson and it's and and my pick is not mel gibson but and i'll, I'll get to kind of how i how i got there there's an actor in that movie that plays Mel Gibson's son. It's an actor by the name of Heath Ledger. And in my mind, Heath Ledger is the Joker. It, that is Heath Ledger's definitive role. Now, going at it by, by your kind of your viewpoint, that's not to suggest that the Joker can't be played by any other person. But in my mind, when I think of Heath Ledger, that's the first role that I think of. I think of his absolutely amazing portrayal of the Joker in the Dark Knight. Yeah, obviously cannot disagree with that. It was one of the most impressive things that he ever did. And he was a really, really good actor. He had a lot of roles that I thought were really good in the movies that I saw him in outside of that movie. But that one is the one that I think will go down as his legacy. And I believe he posthumously won best supporting actor uh, i think he won an academy uh, yeah, award for that yeah i don't yeah i don't think i don't think he got or he at least um, won the golden globe you might have yeah to I, I, yeah, I don't know that. that he got yeah i don't know that he got best actor but yeah he he did win he 
did win something for that. And, and I, and you know, that's a film. God, I mean, that, that film is amazing. I mean, I know it has shown up on, on several discussions and several podcasts. Oh, yeah. um, I just, I not just greatest comic movies, not just greatest sequels. I mean, it's just it, top to bottom. It's that's an amazing movie. And honestly, I mean, his portrayal in there, in my mind, is, is a big part of that. Batman is an amazing character. In my mind, the Joker is probably one of the, certainly one of the top two or three villains of all time. And, and again, that's not to take anything away from any of the other portrayals over the years of the Joker, whether it's Jack Nicholson or Cesar Romero or, or what have you. In my mind, though, Heath Ledger is the best Joker. Yeah, I mean, I agree for sure he's the best Joker. I think the argument could be made that Jack Nicholson was better he was different though so i don't think it's necessarily apples to apples and you know there have been other people who have tried that i don't know that it has has resonated in the same way i will say that it's interesting that it could have ended up a very different way because there were other famous people that were you know at least rumored to be cast for the joker in the dark knight so uh paul bettany you know who was uh vision in in the uh in the mm-hmm. Marvel movies, as well as Sean Penn at one point, I think was considered for uh, the Joker, which, you know, the, I'm sure all of those would have been great, but I don't see anybody topping, you know, seeing now what we know that Heath Ledger is capable of in such an iconic role uh, and an iconic performance. I don't think anybody would have done any better. All right. So we're uh, we're off and running. What uh, what do you got for your number five, sir? All right. This is one that I do feel like we'll overlap on. I don't know where in the list we will. And you kind of set the stage that we're not really doing a top five. I sort of framed my list as being a top five. So I'm going to work from the bottom up. And this is going to be one that's going to be a little bit of an eye roller, I think, for anybody who's listened to me pine about uh, everything that I love uh, about Jack Burton. But Kurt Russell, to me, is Jack Burton. I I just think that And I hesitate to say that, especially when I'm thinking of it from the way that you sort of framed all this, because I'm sure that when Kurt Russell, you know, passes away and I will shed many tears when that happens, he probably won't wish for Jack Burton to be the character that he's remembered for, because I think he is a really, really good actor and he's been in a ton of roles and he's never done anything poorly. But, you know, the film is notoriously a a bomb and... A lot of fans recognized it as a as a sort of a cult movie that really took off on home video back in the late 80s and obviously Big Trouble in Little China. And I mean, we just what haven't we said about our favorite 80s reluctant mullet wearing superhero, right? I mean, from <laughs> the look to the swagger, you know, no one does it better than Jack Burton. And I just I can't think of a character that I've watched as many times as him that still makes me laugh. And, and I, as I eagerly await, you know, the, the next upcoming one-liner. And I will admit that as much as I love The Rock, when I heard the rumors about them re- rebooting or recasting uh, The Rock as Jack Burton, I just, I, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. I just, I, I think it's, it's such a terrible idea to do anything but make a true sequel to this movie, which I still think they could do. I don't think they ever will. Uh, just because it, it can't be done without John Carpenter. But, you know, Kurt Russell is Jack Burton. He just, he is. And and nobody could ever replace that in my mind. Could not agree with you more. Kurt Russell is Jack Burton. He has some other really good roles. He's got some really other iconic roles. In fact, in our last podcast, we talked about Tango and Cash. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Gabriel Cash is another one. But again, I mean, if you say Kurt Russell, 
I say Jack Burton. I, I, I agree with you 100%. That's, and that, that to me is kind of the epitome of what this list is, right? It's like, if I, in fact, we could, I might even be, throw a couple at you at the end, just kind of like, kind of rapid fire. I'll give you a name and you tell, you know, and that's kind of the epitome of, of what this list is. Oh, I like that mind. idea. So, I was trying yeah. to think of a good rapid fire idea and I'm a little bummed I didn't do that, but that's a great idea. Okay. All right. So, so this, this one, I think might, might have, there's two roles that this particular person is known for. And I could understand where somebody might make an argument for the other one that I'm choosing, but Harrison Ford is Han Solo. You can make an argument about Indiana Jones. He is Han Solo in my mind. And again, you can make an argument about Henry Jones, but I don't think you could put it to use your kind of framing. You couldn't put anybody else in Han Solo. I, I do think you ca- you probably could plug somebody else in there and make him Henry Jones. You know, we, we, we have gone on probably for more hours than any other topic on this podcast thus far about Star Wars. And even in those movies that we didn't really care for when we did deep dives on the sequel trilogy, we both raved over the performance and the scenes that Harrison Ford was in as Han Solo. And, and that's one to me that, I mean, he's, he's, my, he's my favorite character. He's my favorite character in every movie that he's in. I can't tell you how many books and novels that I've read about him. I couldn't even, I, I don't even remember any of the plots anymore, but I just, I love that character. And when I'm reading Han Solo on the page, I'm always picturing Harrison Ford in my mind. That's, I know he's, he's probably the most, one of the most well-accomplished box office actors in the history of cinema. Um, so he clearly has other roles, but to me, he is Han, Han Solo. So I'm, I'm going to say something that you may take some level of umbrage with, and I'm, I'm prepared for this, so I'll just, I'll give it a shot. But I agree with you 100%, and I think debate over whether Han Solo or Indiana Jones is more iconic is, is a great one. But I would agree with you, and one of the things that I would use to support your position here, my list is comprised of people who you couldn't put anybody else in that role and have it be mm-hmm. successful. And I will say that the movie Solo really proved that for me. And not because I think it's a terrible movie, but, but as I'm watching this movie, the one thing that's just not there for me is, is the actor who played Han Solo, which I don't remember his name. It, it just didn't resonate with me because it, it doesn't have the same kind of appeal. He didn't sound like him. He didn't feel like him. Nothing was there. So it just felt like another sort of generic Star Wars story to me. And I don't think it was a bad movie. Uh, I think it was probably in, in the lower half of the ones that I will ever revisit. But I think that the fact that Harrison Ford was not a part of that, which for obvious reasons he couldn't be, really took away from what could have been a really awesome story. Like, can you imagine what a, a Han Solo solo movie would have been in like the oh. 80s if they'd have oh. done a post-Return of the Jedi just a Han Solo movie. I mean, a solo solo movie. It would a have been amazing. Su- it, yeah, it, it would yeah, have been it, fantastic. But I, the the interesting thing about the Han Solo versus Indiana Jones argument is that you can you can say that they never tried to replace Henry Jones, right? Like they never even tried to do that. And I think maybe one of the reasons is because, well, that's not. I guess that's not entirely true though. They had they had the young Indiana Jones series, which wasn't a replacement, but. Similar to the right. Solo movie or similar to the movie Solo, they cast a younger character for the same actor. Yeah. But I would say that um, 
the, the big difference there is, is Indiana Jones is very clearly the lead character for all four of those movies right. and the upcoming right. fifth movie, God help us. But, uh, you know, Han Solo isn't, you know, he's arguably, well, he's not really arguably, he's not the primary character in the Star Wars saga. No, not, no, he's not. It's about, you know, the Skywalkers. Yeah. It's a really long-winded way of saying, I like your pick. That was one of the ones I guessed would certainly be on your list. I felt like that okay. was one of the ones you would lead with and was most certainly on your uh, your article. I'm not sure if it was because I didn't reread it. Shame on uh, me. But. Yeah, I think it, I think it was. Uh, the, the actor's name is Aiden Eidenreich, is the guy mm-hmm. that played Solo. And again, I, I would agree with you. I actually really enjoyed that movie. I, I think it gave us a lot of things about the backstory of Han Solo that we didn't really want or didn't really need. I didn't need the the genesis of his name. I didn't need the genesis of his dice. I didn't, you know, like that kind of stuff. That name um, thing was so terrible. It was, it was ridiculous. Oh, yeah, it, it really was. I think that movie came out and got a really bad rap just as kind of a backlash to some of the other Disneyfication of Star Wars and, and that kind of thing. Star Wars fans, quote unquote, really are kind of some of the worst thing that has happened to Star Wars. When you look at some of the conversations that happen online, uh, that's that's a whole other podcast. But um, sure. anyways, Harrison Ford is Han Solo in my mind. Yep. All, right. All right. I'll take it. Right. I'll take it. What, uh, right. what do you got for number th- number four, sir? So my number four or whatever order we're going yeah. in uh, is an actor that I think will forever be synonymous with this role. And it's if they ever recast this role, I will be shocked because I just think that the two were born to be together in R-rated bliss for the rest of their lives. And that is Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. I think there is no better match. If there was ever an actor who was born to play this role, and clearly he wanted to from the the very beginning, if you read up on any of the history of it, uh, the development for this movie actually started in 2004, which was five years before he played the same much less recognizable character in the notoriously hideous uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. So Hugh Jackman's first solo movie. And, you know, I think Ryan Reynolds had a totally different idea with what he wanted to do, but, you know, he did that movie anyways. But his, uh, what's the word, his, his sardonic wit, his dry humor fits so unbelievably perfect with that character and the fact that they took that comic book movie and they made it an r-rated blood fest was just so amazing the first movie was insanely successful it made 782 million dollars off of a budget of 58 million that that kind of profit is just unheard of and i think for a while at least shortly after it came out was one of the most successful r-rated movies of all time I don't know if it's a great movie, but it is really fun. And you can tell it was made by somebody who just wants to be that character. And uh, the second movie was, you know, it was pretty decent. I don't know if it lived up to the hype. And, and I'm just hoping that somehow they can find a way to wedge him in to the uh, Marvel Universe somehow. And of course, we'll always be sad that he never got a chance to really do something with Hugh Jackman in, in true Deadpool form, right? Like, so he was obviously in the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie, but not as the Deadpool that we know today in the red suit and, well, the dialogue, because <laughs> I don't think he had any in that first movie, you know, especially after the, the transition. So, yeah. So, I mean, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. I just don't know how you could get any more spot on than that. It's an awesome pick. And, and I'm, 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 uh, I'm kind of, 
pissed at myself that I don't have that on my list because I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's absolutely a perfect role for Ryan Reynolds. Yes, I mean, he's, you know, he is, you know, he's Van Wilder and he's a bunch of other characters as well. But I mean, like even, even when you watch him do interviews now, several years after these roles, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Deadpool, right? It's just, I mean, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. perfect role. It's just him sure. without the mask on. I yes. mean, it's, it's the same character, but still really hilarious. That's a really, really good pick. Okay, let's see. So my next one, these next couple are, I, I tried to, I don't know, I, I tried to pick stuff that maybe with the exception of my number one, which I, I think there will be an overlap at our number one. I tried to pick ones that, that might be controversial or, or there's more than one or there's more than one I like that. Pot, you know, potential choice in there. And this is one that actually, I, I, as I'm sitting here, I, I actually went back and I looked at my, my blog post and I've actually changed my tune in the years since, since I wrote that Bill Murray is an actor that he's got some incredible, incredible roles, arguably iconic roles for several of them. He is Peter Venkman though, in my mind. And, and again, that has changed originally when I wrote the post, I, I said that he was his character from, from stripes. What was his name? John, John winger. That has changed though over the years. And I don't know that, it's because I have revisited Ghostbusters more often. I don't know if I have grown to, I can't imagine I've grown to love Ghostbusters more, but just when, when you say Bill Murray to me, he is Pete Bankman. I love, love, love that character. I couldn't ever possibly argue with that. It's a fantastic pick because it was clearly one of the roles that, it's one of those roles that when you watch him play that, he didn't have to do a lot of studying. There wasn't a lot of outside the box. Like he is Pete Bankman, right? Like he's just sort of that kind of aloof, but really charming and, and pretty smart, not deceptively smart character that, that people just really love. And I, you know, I'm going to take a quick sidebar here to say, I am so freaking jazzed about this next Ghostbusters movie that's coming out. I don't know if you've Dude, seen the, the trailer. The, tra the trailer looks, looks amazing. Yeah. Shit house crazy. It looks so good. Like I love the vibe. I love the attitude. I am literally praying that they don't fuck this up because I'm so looking forward to this movie and I cannot wait to see him on screen as Pete Bankman again. I, it's just, it's going to be a dream come true. And even in the second Ghostbusters movie, which is pretty objectively shitty, it was, it's just great. It's great to see him do Pete Venkman things, right? That's what Bill Murray does. And he's an underrated actor, generally speaking, but there's nothing I enjoy more than seeing him embrace everything about Ghostbusters and, and Pete Venkman. So I'll put you on the spot here. You, you mentioned Ghostbusters 2. Yes. Which is a better movie? Ghostbusters 2 or Ghostbusters 2016? <laughs> Hmm. If you're going to ask, seriously, I, I, no, honestly, well, I'm, like objectively, I, I'm not sure if I can answer which one's a better one, but I can say, oh man, I feel like there's going to be a lot of hate mail here, but I can say that I will watch Ghostbusters 2 10 times out of 10 over the Ghostbusters 2016. I just, okay. I, I didn't care okay. for it. And it okay. has nothing to do with the fact that they threw uh, four women in the, in the lead roles versus the men. Right. I was actually excited about that because I wanted them to do something different. 
I just don't think any of the humor landed for me in any way, shape or form. It felt like a Saturday night live skit that just went two and a half hours too long. Right. And I just, I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was original. I appreciated what they tried to do. It just, it just didn't work for me. And I was really disappointed with that. So I'm not a fan of that movie. And yeah, so I'll I'll watch Ghostbusters too, just because you can at least pull some one-liners out of that movie. Thanks to, you know, Pete Bankman, Vigo the Butch. Pete Bankman and Ray Stance and and Egon. And yeah, I mean, it's, that's not a great movie, but you know, you've got, uh, what's his name? John McNichols, I think that plays, uh, is Vigo, you know, like the the crazy uh, eccentric the, art. The Russian guy from Pittsburgh. Yeah, or, yeah whatever. <laughs> the upper uh, best side. The upper best side. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> hilarious. That 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 movie has got some charm. Yeah. It lost me when the Statue of Liberty walked through New York like that, right. and they were controlling it with an NES controller, and it was just like, <laughs> all right, playing some uh, playing some good music, but at the same time, it was just like, oof, that was that was really bad. But yeah, no, it's, it's a great, it's a great pick. All right. Who's up, who's up next on your list, sir? Okay. So I'm going to do something a little bit crazy here. As crazy as we get on this podcast, I actually just changed my third pick about 17 seconds ago. Wow. So I'm shooting completely for the hip and I'll tell you who I had for my pick until, until it just totally washed over me and realized, Oh crap, I know I need to put in here. So I had Chevy Chase as Fletch. Because I okay. thought that those two are synonymous with each other. I think Chev, well, but I mean, the argument could be made. Chevy Chase is Clark Griswold. I think that would, you mm-hmm. know, Clark Griswold versus Fletch F. Fletch would be a great argument. But for me, I, I loved Fletch. That was such a great movie when I was growing up. And I don't think anybody could play that to the, to the degree that Chevy Chase did. I know that they talked about rebooting it a handful of years ago, actually Kevin Smith was going to try to reboot it. He was going to put Jason Lee in that, in that role, which I actually thought would have been interesting, but I just don't think hmm. we would ever have been able to accept anybody else in the role of Fletch. But I changed that because it, it hit me like a bolt of lightning and I'm like, Oh no, there is, there is an actor who, at least in my opinion, and this, maybe this is controversial too, and prepare to send me all your DC hate mail. Uh, Christopher Reeve as Superman is absolutely the Superman. He is the bar, the standard for that role. Nobody has played that better. And I've gotten into arguments, borderline fistfight level arguments with people. I'm like, no, this is exactly how you have to do it. And he did such an amazing job of balancing the goofy sort of aloof reporter as Clark Kent versus you know, the Superman role where he was much more confident and yeah, you know, nobody buys the whole pair of glasses thing, you know, <laughs> is a good disguise, but there, there are so many great stories about the making of that movie. And, you know, the fact that they cast a complete unknown for their lead character was such a huge deal. Now, granted, they had Marlon Brando come in and play his dad, but Marlon Brando had maybe, I don't know, two or three minutes of screen time. I mean, it, it was mm-hmm. more than that, but it was it was very, very minimal. After the opening scene of the movie, he was basically gone, aside from a few holograms later on. But Christopher Reeve, there's a reason that they signed him up for four movies. There's a reason that they never would have made any more movies in that era without him. And I think that when you look at everything that came after him, 
Brandon Routh in Superman Returns and Henry Cavill in The Man of Steel. I, I just don't think any of them hold a candle. I will say that Brandon Routh got a really bad rap. I really liked him. That was, I, thought, I he, thought it was a good movie. I really did. I didn't think it was a good movie, but I thought he was he was good in that role. I thought he did yeah. good. I think they tried to vibe too much off of the Richard Donner universe, right? Because they they basically came out and said, this is a direct sequel to Superman 2. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of an unpopular thing to do at the time. Now we have movies doing that all the time in the new Halloween series, right? That's kicked back up in 2018, I think it was. You know, they basically said, yep. this is a sequel to the original Halloween movie. Just forget all those other ones. So I don't think we were ready to do that when uh, Superman Returns came out. And I think Brandon Routh gets a really bad rap. I think he he looked the part. I think he he worked well. Henry Cavill's decent too. I didn't care for the Man of Steel movies. That's a whole nother controversial topic someone can yell at me about later, but they just didn't have the heart. And that's, I mean, kind of getting back to the center of this, Christopher Reeve brought everything to that role that I love, which is he made you believe a man could fly, but he also made Superman human, if Mm -hmm. that makes any sense, right? Like he gave him the human element that I felt like he needed. And it was brilliant. And there will never be anything that he'll be known for more than that. And there will never be another Superman, in my opinion, that will be a better representation of him. So so let me ask you a question about, so first of all, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly about Christopher Reeve. I will kind of go on though from that to say, I, I don't know that I could off the top of my head, I don't know that I could tell you another Christopher Reeve performance and I don't, and, and I guess my question is, is that because he is so awesome as Superman or is that because he got typecast as Superman and then didn't do shit for the rest of his career or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, and I'm, I'm honestly asking, I'm not disagreeing with the choice at all. Cause in fact, I put him, I, I might've put him in my original blog post, but it's just, it's just interesting. I, you know, is he one of those quote one at, you know, one hit wonders? I think for most people, who maybe don't spend a lot of time just watching films, you know, the, mm-hmm. the sort of the average moviegoer probably would agree with you, you know, that, that he just sort of fizzled after Superman four and nothing ever happened. And it's probably not too far from the truth. I mean, I, I want to say that he maybe wasn't as interested in acting after that, that he wanted to do some more behind the camera kind of stuff. Okay. But he he okay. did he did do other movies. You know, he did a movie called Death Trap, which was kind of interesting uh, with Michael Caine, and he did some you know B and C level stuff. I think as the years went on, but I think it must have been difficult for him to get cast as anything else because he was so iconic in that role. And I sure. just don't think anybody wanted to see him in anything but that role. Yeah. Actually, I, I take that back. The one, the next most iconic movie or iconic role that he probably did was, and this may be a stretch, but there's a movie called Somewhere in Time that he did with Jane Seymour. It was kind of popular, at least I remember my mom really loved that movie. Okay. And, um, but no, I mean, he never did anything box office wise that compared to Superman. I think he's the kind of actor that would have had a resurgence, you know, had he, uh, had he still been alive, had he had the opportunity to get back into film, because I think he was really good. I just think he had trouble breaking that mold. And when, you know, think back to the eighties, right? Like we were very set in our ways back then when somebody was in a movie like that, we didn't really give them much of a chance to do much. No, you're else. right. You're right. So, you know, he might've been kind of pigeonholed in that sense. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. 
you uh, you just edited your list. I just did the same thing. Oh, so get right out of town. I, I did. Um, and, and I edited it because partially because of the way you are looking at this list. And because I think that that is a really good way to look at this. Again, when I originally proposed it, I said, you know, hey, it's, it is the, the role that I immediately go to in my mind when somebody gives me an actor's name. And, and it sounds like you took it and looked at it as here's a role that couldn't be any other actor, which is, you know, it's kind of right. If, sure. I'm, yeah. you know, if I'm hearing yeah, yeah. right. And so Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. I, I will say that it wasn't on my original list. That's because none of the Avenger movies, the MCU didn't exist back in 2009. But good God. I mean, he, he plays Iron Man perfectly. He plays Tony Stark, I think, even better than he plays Iron Man. Obviously, it's the same person where it's the same character, but Robert Downey Jr. as the billionaire, millionaire, playboy, smart, you know, like that guy, it's just perfect, just absolutely perfect. And I cannot picture anybody else in the role of Tony Stark in the MCU. Yeah, 100% nailed that one for sure. I think they completely hit the nail on the head with him. And one of the great things about watching him in that role is that I feel like, you know, five minutes after that first movie started in 2008, I think we were all on board. I think yeah. we were all hooked and it immediately like, and I didn't know who Iron Man was. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, like I'd heard of Iron Man. Sure. But thought it was really brave that Marvel was going to make this movie about this comic book character that nobody really knew anything about and maybe was only popular because of some cartoons when we were kids, you know, Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have been more wrong about my expectations about that movie. And Robert Downey Jr., I think John Favreau deserves a lot of that credit because he had so much to do with that. And I don't know whose idea specifically it was to cast Robert Downey Jr. I have to think that Favreau had something to do with that, but I'm not sure who it was. But, you know, we have to consider that before 2008, Robert Downey Jr. was stereotyped as sort of this 80s washed up actor, right? Yep. Like he, he, had, he was still acting. He was very active in Hollywood, but he was, I mean, he was doing movies that were, that were okay. I mean, there were some good movies out there, but they weren't breaking any box office records. And 10 years after Iron Man, he was making $50 million a picture. I mean, it's yep. just, it's insane how perfect he was for that role so yeah yeah that's you you can't argue with that and you know what and like and this is going to be an insane statement and deserving every bit of that money right for how big those movies are again i i was i i knew iron man but but i don't know that i ever even read you know other than a handful of iron man comics before that in fact i can remember very vividly being like and again this was before we even knew that the quote MCU was going to be a thing. I was like, why the fuck are they making an Iron Man movie? Like this third right. or fourth tier character. Why would I care about Iron Man? And again, to your point, 12 minutes into that movie, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm all in. Yeah. This is, yes, I want, I want to see this movie. And then of course that blossomed into 27 movies and, and whatever it is. But again, the MCU, I, I don't, I don't know that the MCU is as successful as it was, is without Robert Downey Jr. I, oh, know, 100%. I, yeah. I don't know that the MCU, we'd still be talking about it. I don't know that there would be an MCU without Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, because if because if that movie bombs, I mean, do, do they do they make another 22 movies? I don't, I don't know that they do. 
they don't make another Hulk. They don't make Thor. Yeah. Like, I mean, right. he paved the way for all these, I mean, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, like Shang-Chi, yeah. like all these movies, they would not exist if Iron Man had not been the absolute success that it was. And, and a yeah. lot of that's due to Robert Downey Jr., for sure. And that's why he deserved $50 million a right. picture. Right. Because he made them a lot more money than that. Billions of dollars. Billions and billions. All the billions. You got two more. What do you got? All right. Solid choice. Uh, so this is one that that I guarantee if it's if it's not on both of our lists, then we have failed each other as friends, as best friends. I'll just dive right into it. Robert Englund is Freddy Krueger. There is absolutely no way around this. Now, this is not a surprise to anybody who knows us, anyone who's listening to our podcasts, because we've droned on about horror movies and who could be more iconic than, than Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger. Now, you could make an argument who is more iconic as an 80s horror slasher, right? Like you could say Michael Myers versus Jason Voorhees versus Freddy Krueger. I mean, I know who I'd vote for, but you know, those movies were all very popular back in the day. But the one thing that makes Freddy Krueger stand out is that the same actor played him through all those movies and gave him that character. And that's what I think makes him so brilliant and, and makes the, the two of these together such a great thing. Uh, he's, you know, he's probably the only guy on my list who's arguably not really known for much else. Like you, you mentioned, uh, who are we talking about? Oh, uh, Chris Reeve, right? Like, yeah. Most people probably don't know that he acted in other movies. I guarantee most people don't know that Robert England has done other things. I mean, I know mm -hmm. that you know him from V, but right. even really? past that, like, <laughs> yeah. what else has he really done? Yeah. And the answer is not much. Um, but he brought all this, the swagger and attitude to this role. You know, he model, modeled himself after, you know, early versions of Jimmy Cagney. And he really came into this movie right around the third movie, in my opinion, when you know it was dream warriors and that's when the movie started getting really good i mean the first one was good the second one was kind of shit the third one they went back to the well they brought wes craven back to at least contribute he wasn't the director and he wasn't the chief story writer but he was involved in the mix and they started modulating his voice and he just got a lot cooler at that point now of course you know, as Freddie progressed, he got a little bit more game showy. He, he's basically like David Lee Roth with a burnt face. You know, he's he's got that <laughs> shtick, right? Uh, yeah. But it's it's evident to me that he is a great choice for this list because they tried to replace him in 2010 when they did the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot, and it it just it didn't work. Like, I think Jackie Earl Haley is a is a brilliant actor, and he's really really talented, but he didn't fit he didn't work for that role and i don't think that movie was terrible other than it being sort of a semi-obnoxious shot for shot recreation of the original there were some really good things about that movie and it should have been a much better movie but it it really wasn't and i think when you take robert englund out of that makeup it just it doesn't work it just doesn't and so uh that's why that's why he's on my list. I think yeah, I beat I, you to him because I think he was probably your number one. He, if yeah, I had he, to he guess. Is, he is. He's he's my number one. Yes. And again, here's why he's my number one. He fits both of our definitions of what this list is, right? He is, if you say Robert Englund, you think Freddy Krueger. If you say Freddy Krueger, you think Robert Englund. There's not a there's not a person other than maybe Jackie Haley that when you say Freddy Krueger, 
he thinks Jackie Haley. Like you think Robert England. It's it, they, they are synonymous. Right. And, and you're right. And, and I and I I think you might have liked that reboot even better than I did. I I didn't care for it at all. I will give Haley some credit in that he tried to do some things that were a little bit different. He tried to make that character a little bit darker and more real and this, that, and the other thing, but that's just not Freddy Krueger. And, and, and he, and the, and the reason it's not is because of how goddamn good Robert England is in that role. I mean, we, we have met the man twice now, you and I both. And in even, even to see him standing across the room or to shake his hand, even when he's out of character, that character is right beneath the surface, right? And and it's not just because he looks like him, right? It's it's him. I cannot explain it. It's just it's an aura that that dude has, and, and that character, even even when he went super slapsticky in the last three or four movies, those those movies are still watchable and rewatchable because of the performances that Robert England gives, even when he's billing, being slapsticky used car salesman, Freddie, yeah. if you were to put somebody else in those roles or in that role with that same script, it goes from kind of a campy version of Freddy Krueger to a like, you know, police Academy in Moscow level. <laughs> or shit. You know what I mean? Like seriously, right? No, just, that's, that's me- awesome. It gets, re- it gets really, really bad, really, really quickly. And, and yeah, those, those last few movies are not great, but they're still watchable. And it's a hundred percent because of Robert Englund. I, I, again, I could, couldn't agree with you more. That's, that's my number one. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, it's funny because he did get pretty campy towards the end and it got obnoxious and people are like, okay, we've all had enough. And then Wes Craven's new nightmare came out and Oh, you know, so you, good. You can argue whether that's a good movie or not. I think it's, I, I enjoy it. I, I've heard a lot of people say that it's not a good movie, but I will say that one thing I don't feel like you can argue is that when he shows up as sort of this new version of Freddy on screen and he tries to be terrifying and he, he takes some of that campy humor out of it, it's amazing. And I'm yeah. like, why didn't we have 10 more years of this? Because mm-hmm. it was, it was spot on. It's a, it was terrifying. That scene in that movie where they're in the hospital with uh, the kid and the babysitter and they oh, yeah. sort of, they do this sort they of redo the scene, homage yeah. to the, yeah. uh, the uh, scene from the first movie. It's, it's so good. And it's terrifying. I mean, it's really, really gory and it's really, really good. So yeah, and, I mean, he's, he's yeah. brilliant. And I would carry that same thought forward into Freddy versus Jason, which is, is one of my favorite horror movies ever. And yes, they have swapped out the actor for Jason, but Robert Englund is there. And Robert Englund really kind of is the anchor to that movie, in my opinion, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that is a very kind of ensemble cast. And Freddie is not even really in that movie all that much. But when, when he is back on the screen, it's, you're, you're back in that world, right? You, you, it, 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 he kind of, he, he anchors the, the horror aspect of that movie um because it's like oh yeah here's here's our kind of north star that is freddy krueger in that movie i don't know i'm kind of rambling but no it makes perfect sense yeah you can have seven or eight different jasons you can have seven or eight different michael myers you cannot do that with freddy krueger yeah and and that's just because he has dialogue which the other ones don't it's just it's the way that he does and plays that character And, and i did like 2010's reboot more than you did i don't 
I don't know that I will go as far as to say that I liked it, but I thought the dream sequences were really good. And I was really excited to see sort of a, a new take on A Nightmare on Elm Street with special effects that would actually support the idea of, you know, dream sequences and things like that. And I yeah. think they did a good job with some of that. I don't think overall it's a great movie just because I would have rather them started from fresh and, and not done anything related to the first movie. Like they could have just completely written a different story and I would have been more interested. It's because they, they lean so heavily from the first one it, to the point where they actually recreated like the bathtub scene and, and some other, and the scene with, you know, the, the, the whole getting torn across the ceiling and all that stuff. And it's just like, why are you half in and half out? Like either go full in or full out. Like it just didn't, it took me out of it, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. What, uh, so we, so we did kind of my, your number two and my number one together. So we got one left. What do you got? Well, my number one, I think is your number two or your number three. I, I don't remember which one I, we're getting through the order, but it's, it's Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Like that, I mean, that is just as definitive as anything else. Now, Robert Englund isn't known for anything past Freddy Krueger. Robert Downey Jr. has certainly been in many more movies, but I don't think anything is as iconic as Iron Man. It, it just won't be. And we already talked about this, so I won't kind of go into a super huge level of detail, but I mean, he's so brilliant with this comedic timing, but he knows how to turn on the real acting chops when he's called upon. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I shed some tears in Endgame. Uh, when he dies and it's just yep. it was intensely emotional and I, I thought it was brilliant and I, I I swear to god I heard him say on the Ellen show the other day that they're making they're going to make an Iron Man 4 and I don't know what that means wow, I don't know how really? they, I don't know how I they do that. that but apparently he's coming back and he is going to play Iron Man one more time which you know most of the time I just roll my eyes and be like oh god this is fucking pathetic but I'm super psyched. Like, oh, that's that's amazing. I, I hadn't heard that. That's yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I suppose they could do. I suppose they could do anything with multiverse, right? If if they're going to do well, that, yeah, we could we could get into that on another podcast. But when you introduce multiverses and time travel, you, you remove all the stakes from the story. And well, that that's kind true of, too. Yeah, that that makes it less impactful. So I'm I fear for what that's actually going to be. And if I'm being completely honest, Iron Man one's the only Iron Man movie I liked. I didn't care for the second one. I did not care for the third one. He yeah. was great in the Avengers movies and, and Civil War and all the you know those movies that he did after that. But I didn't. I didn't think the other Iron Man movies were that I, great. I enjoy, yeah, I I enjoyed the second one. I didn't care for the third one. But yeah, that's that's you're right. That's that's another podcast but altogether. That doesn't really okay. matter. The point yeah. is, is that Robert Downey Jr. has absolutely perfected that role. The last thing that he ever says on screen is, "I am Iron Man," and nothing could be more appropriate. Yep. No, I, I would agree. I would agree completely. So let's see. I, I, I mentioned to you that I, I, sw- I did, I swapped out during this podcast and I'm glad yeah. I did. I, I, I put Iron Man, actually it was my number two. So he was our, okay. our number one and two were flipped, which I think is, is very apropos. So before and I guess you it, go any further, we have yes. what, three overlaps or just two? We have um, Robert Downey Jr. We have Robert Englund. I think that's it. So we just have that's two it. at this point. That's okay. Yeah, that's it. Yes. All right. So, so the the one that I swapped him out for, and so I, so I'm going to tell you this, and then I will, and then I'll hit you with a couple of um, rapid fires. 
I got a couple just, rapid fires for you as well. Okay. In, in okay. the last like 10 minutes while you were okay, talking, okay. I wrote down five okay. names and I'm going to make you tell me they're definitive. Okay. Role. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. I did the same thing. I've been, I've been, I've been writing. And, and for everybody that's listening, we didn't talk about this before. So this, <laughs> this will be, this will be cool. So, the, so the one that I swapped them out for was Keanu Reeves oh. as Neo. And there's a bunch of other roles in there, but in my mind, Keanu Reeves is Neo, especially with the upcoming, you know, the, the next installation of The Matrix, which, you know what, I was not excited at all for another entry to the, the Matrix series because I didn't really care for the second one. I hated the third one, but you know what, that trailer is amazing and I cannot wait to see it. I can't decide how I feel about the trailer. I mean, first of all, yes, I think that's, that's great, although... It's funny because you've made me already change my rapid fire because I was going to give you Keanu Reeves and you just ruined it for me. Um, Sorry. Because I think arguably Keanu Reeves could be, uh, he could be, be If it's not, he, well, if it's not that, it would be John Wick. If it's not Neo, it would be John Wick for me. It could be Ted from Bill and Ted. It could be Johnny Utah from Point Break. Yeah. I mean, come on, yeah. man. Keanu Reeves. Don't even get me yeah. started on my love affair for Keanu. No, he, uh, that's, that's just certainly a great pick. But I'm not sure how I feel about the trailer. I, I think I'm more excited about the movie than I thought I was going to be because it seems so different. I, if I felt like it was just a, an obnoxious reboot of the third movie or an obnoxious yeah. reboot of the first movie or some, some kind of lame continuation of the third, I would probably just not even be interested in watching it. But when I saw the trailer, I'm like, well, this doesn't make any sense. And I can't really follow what's going on. But that's what I really like because it doesn't it doesn't compute yeah. so far. I, I, I from what I and again, I've only watched the trailer maybe twice. I like I haven't gone back and dissected it or anything like that. I based on what I'm seeing, he is cognizant of everything that happened in the first three movies. And so the question becomes, did he dream it? Was he in the Matrix? Was he not like what? Like, and so I, if I have a, if I had to guess, it sounds like they're going to explore whether or not he was actually in the matrix versus dreaming versus what's real, this, that. So I, I don't know. I, but I was, um, like I said, I, I, I was all out after the third one and now I'm all in. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. Yeah, no, I, I'm saying I'm, in fact, I'm so excited about it. I'm going to try to see it in the theaters because I feel like a movie like that deserves to be seen in the theaters. And I know yeah. that that's not totally apropos these days, but I feel like theaters have gone out of their way to try to make those environments super clean. And to be honest, there's still not a lot of people going these days. So I'm not personally worried about my safety, but I want to urge people to go back to the damn movies because Me too. we need Me this. Too. Like if this, yes. if this medium goes away, I don't want to be sitting in front of my TV watching digital versions of all these movies in the future. I, I think it would be terrible. It would break my heart. So I really sincerely hope that, you know, people go see these movies in the theaters. I'm going to go see Halloween kills in the theaters. I'm going to go see the new Spider-Man movie in the theaters. I'm going to go see the new matrix movie in the theaters. I'll come back and I'll rewatch them all on digital, but I, I want to make sure they get my money. That, that's important to me. And I want to make sure that I see it in the format and the audio and the visual that it was intended to be seen in. All right. So you want to do a couple rapid fires? Yeah, how, let's how, do how it. Many I, do you, how many do you got? So I had five and then you fucked me with the whole Keanu Reeves thing. So <laughs> I'm desperately trying to, I mean, I'm just trying to think of actors off the top of my head because I've okay, got four other ones, but okay, maybe, well, what, 
Well, Maybe. here's what's going to happen. We're, we're going to overlap anyway. So yeah, we are. So, we're going to overlap yet again, yeah. probably. Okay. So. I, I'll give you a softball first. How about that? I'll All right. I like softballs. Okay. Steve Gutenberg. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's not a softball. Uh, okay. Three men in okay. A okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's he's Kerry Mahoney from all he's the Kerry police Mahoney. Okay. movies. Okay, he's he is Kerry Mahoney. Okay, that was um, that was the softest of balls, by the way. It was. It was Sylvester Stallone. Oh, see, I was gonna put that for you. I mean, it's it's Rocky Balboa. It has to be yeah. Rocky Balboa. Yeah. You could make a case for John Rambo, but yeah, he he is Rocky Balboa for sure. Um, I mean, he won a fucking Oscar for it, right? right. <laughs> so I mean, right. You have, but, to but here's that. you know what's funny though. I, I know that Rocky, the original Rocky, is is by far the the best quote film. It's not remotely close to my favorite of the series. That Rocky Four is the movie in my mind. It's well, like it's, yeah, Rocky Four is, is the '80s yeah. version of the Rocky story. Yeah. yeah, no, it's my it's my favorite, but I can recognize yeah. it's not the best. No, I mean, no, it's, it's not. No, no, yeah. But yes, I I agree. It, like, did you notice how he mysteriously loses his? His yo Adrian accent and that, like all of a sudden he can talk like a perfectly articulate yeah. human being. It's funny how that works, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Matthew Broderick. I mean, <laughs> it's Ferris Bueller all day long. It's fair, it's fair. These yeah, are softballs. Come on, give me a hard yeah, okay, one. Okay. 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 So no more, no more softballs. I'm going to give you a couple. I'm going to give you three difficult ones. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Tom Hanks. Uh, I think Forrest Gump. Okay. That, I mean, that, that actually, not my that favorite, actually my pick. Yeah. but I think that's, yeah. that's yeah. the one. Okay. Tom Cruise. Oh, you son of a bitch. That was on my list too. Uh, Tom Cruise has got to be, uh, you know, this is, I, I don't know if this is going to go over well, but I'm going to have to say Ethan Hunt. I think, uh, I think really? Mission Impossible. Okay. I think, I mean, Top Gun is certainly more iconic, but he's done like what six movies, and he's got a seventh one coming, or is it five movies and a sixth one coming? I, I don't know. I, I've seen exactly zero of those movies. Really? None, they're, ever? I've ne- they're good I know movies. They're, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I've, I've never seen. I, but again, I know that he is Ethan Hunt. But yeah, to me, he's Pete Mitchell. He's I mean, Maverick. he's Maverick. That, that, yeah. That's probably true. I that's that's fair. All right. So you, you want one more that's not not a a softball? How about um, Sean Connery? I mean, he's James Bond. Yeah, he's okay. got to be James Bond. I, I think yeah, I would, yeah, that one's a hard one to uh, hard one to argue for sure. Okay, uh, I got more, but go ahead. If you if you want to fire away, fire away. I'll take. All it. right, I'll, I'll I'll do it. I'm not sure if mine are going to be better, but there's a couple of them that may be a little tricky. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, the guy from Commando, John, John. Um, <laughs> Seriously? That's yeah. a, really? Absolutely. Wow. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Before Predator. Yes. The guy what from about, Commando. What about yep. the Terminator? Nope. Nope. No. He's done no. like six of those movies. No. No. Again, oh. again, that's, that's who I think okay. of. I think okay. Of okay. Commando. Hey, I'm not, I'm not yeah. here to argue, yeah. but, but I, the guy from Commando. You couldn't even yes. remember his fucking name, but he's same. more. <laughs> That's what you're going with. Yep. yep. Uh, all right. Yeah. Holy shit. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Wow. That one's tough because he's played, a, he, he's an iconic actor, but not played a lot of iconic characters. Well, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. He, um, uh, uh, Jimmy from Goodfellas. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, okay. Nicholas Cage. Oh, um, uh, the, the, um, 
fuck, I don't remember the character from The Rock. Uh, the the uh, the um, he's like the FBI or Secret Service guy yeah. from like yeah, The Rock. Okay, uh, this one's a real. I think this one might be an interesting poll. Ed Norton, uh, Fight Club, the narrator okay. from Fight Club. Okay, yeah. yeah, the narrator. Good call. Good call. Yeah. He does not have a name. And then my last one, maybe a little bit of a softball, but there's some good choices to, to pick from. Jack Nicholson, the Joker. Really? Yeah. More so yeah. than The Shining. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. When okay. I, yeah, when I, yes, the Joker. Okay, all right. Yeah, I, I again, the, you know, the, the Shining, as you know, is one of my kind of top three all-time horror movies. But yeah, he's he is the Joker. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, that was good. That was fun. I like that because it was really uh, sort of uh, shooting from the hip there a little bit. And, and again, for for all the people that are listening, the, the the fact that we just totally stumbled through that should be proof <laughs> that we didn't set it up. And I don't even fucking know the guy's name from Commando. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's name from it's John, John Commando. John Commando is his name. It's funny, Pip. I'll tell you. I didn't even like when you said Schwarzenegger, I didn't even consider Terminator. Like it didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind. I am being totally honest with you. Yeah. Blows me away. Cause I feel yeah. like that's his most iconic role probably because he played it so many times, but it's I mean, so it's funny clear, because it's, it, it's you, clearly, you sent me Stallone. So I thought for sure you were going to yeah. set me up with Schwarzenegger or you were at yeah. least going to expect that to come back. But it's funny that you started with Stallone and I started with Schwarzenegger both how about you know, how about how about bruce willis right i thought about that i mean that's that's got to be john mcclain i mean what movie, be, right? what movie role has he played that's that's more uh, credible Nothing. than that but it, what about either, what about your mel gibson what do you say about that you're gonna say braveheart but are you really gonna say he's bigger than martin riggs oh no i no martin martin riggs is clearly the the most iconic role i think i i was just watching lethal weapon the other night really I, I was, yes, I was just, I, last night, as a matter of fact, I was watching Lethal Weapon 2, which is funny because two days before I was watching, what movie was it? I put it on my Instagram. Uh, oh, Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2. There's a scene early in the movie where there's a little old lady reading a magazine on an airplane and they scroll to it and it is Riggs and Murtaugh on the cover of that magazine. Yeah, Mel Gibson is Martin Riggs. Yeah, William Wallace is is probably my favorite role of his, but yeah, Martin Riggs, for sure. Richard Downer, rest in peace. Lots of shout outs on this uh, podcast tonight. All right. Well, th- this was fun. I wasn't quite sure where where we were going to go with this or, or how it would work, but uh, but it turned out to be a pretty good conversation. Uh, n- next up is is your pick, sir. Oh, shit. Well, well, but you know what? Hey, we're only two weeks out from Halloween Kills. I don't know that we... I think we got to review Halloween, right? I mean, we have to do something scary movie yeah. related. Like we talked yeah. about potentially dipping our toes into a retrospective of some kind, which I would be really interested yeah. in, but that's going to be tough if we're going to do deep dives on eight different movies of a specific one. Like we don't have the time to launch all those by Halloween. We'll come up with something for sure, but I think okay. that right. Halloween themes are going to be a big big talking point for the month of for October the, for, for the, the foreseeable future here. Huh? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that being said, thank you very much for your time. I've been joined once again by my brother from another mother, Mr. Pip. My name is Chewy. This has been the 401 Bun from 406. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Have, Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>